Series XM 132. You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Welcome back to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr., Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And now we're so happy to welcome our next guests, who are Stevie Clements, who's the Chief Brand Architect from CAVU Venture Partners, and Katie Marston, who's the CMO of organic baby food company called Once Upon a Farm. Welcome, Katie and Stevie. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. So what is CAVU Venture Partners? What does that mean? Oh, so it's actually Kavu Ventures. Oh, you um, say Kavu. Okay, that's the first thing. Okay. Yeah, um, it, it is actually, it, it does stand for Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited, which is an aviation term, but hmm. uh, we are a fund that is, you know, very uniquely rooted in this value add thesis. So hmm. we're 360 consumer focused primarily on the better for you space. So whether that's, you know, a healthier, cleaner option or one that offers a consumer kind of a better, happier way of life, we invest in brands that really tap into every facet of living today across food and beverage, beauty, personal care, pet, uh, human performance. And as I mentioned, you know, when our two founders, Brett Thomas and Rohan Oza got together back in 2016, they really wanted to kind of shake up the venture capital landscape um, and kind of redefine this new school of investing. So that's where the value add thesis comes into play. And that's why you have people like myself and my team internally at Kavu there to really help turbocharge brands um, and inject the sizzle, as I like to say. So we're there to, you know, kind of help people along the road. Wow, that sounds like a terrific mission. Thank you for doing that. And so, uh, Katie, tell us about your brand. So Once Upon a Farm, and it's interesting, exactly, Barbara, as you called us an organic baby food brand, that was how we started, but not mm. who we are today. And part of the reason we did the brand refresh, so you teed it up perfectly. Oh, look at that. <laughs> We're, you know, the leading modern children's nutrition brand that mm. sells farm fresh baby food and kid snacks. And we were actually the first in 2015 to bring refrigerated baby food to retail. Mm. Before that time, you could buy fresh pet food, but you could not do oh, the same. No. I was thinking uh, to wow. me, baby food is Gerber's and it's like yeah. stewed mm-hmm. beef. Like that. Uh, come, Barbara, that's like old school. Gerber is like, come on. Now. I know. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Very old school. So yes. the space is probably a lot different from that. Mm-hmm. But it refrigerated is way beyond what I would think. It's like <laughs> disgusting. And by the way, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to, you know, invest in O Farm, right? Like mm-hmm. we saw that they were doing something that was truly disrupting. Um, you know, the baby food aisle in a way that really hadn't been done before, you know, Mm. it was this super fresh, highly nutritious product offering Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. tasted absolutely amazing. And they had this really unique, fresh from the farm kind of positioning, you know, also very mission driven um, and also obviously incredible team to back it, you know, Mm -hmm. Cassandra and Ari, uh, the two two co-founders, as well as John Foraker, who is a very, you know, seasoned exceptional CEO prior to O-Farm. He was at Annie's and their last co-founder, co-founder jennifer garner obviously mm-hmm. um you know really gave them an ability and that's to the so famous jennifer garner you really that is. Yeah. yeah yeah that that's not jennifer garner the you know batista at uh, the local starbucks there no uh, that's, the ben that's, affleck that, that's the yeah yeah that's the uh, 
But uh, Katie, jump in real quick. I want to hear more about the brand because, you know, I have an 11 year old daughter. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. maybe, you know, 10 years too late on this, unfortunately. That's what I was going to ask you. Let me build on that because I was going to say, America's called me out and said, Barbara, you've been like, forget where you were. So like where he is, is more modern than I. And now he's calling himself out. Can you tell I, I, us a little bit about yeah. the history of baby food and then where you come in on the history? Well, you know, I would say it's more about our process. And I was going to say, America's like, I knew you had had a daughter and just like me, like, I, I wish this had been around when my kids were little. And it was the reason Cassandra started it, right? Was she was a busy mom, multiple children, and um, was wanting to give all the nutrients, nutrient-rich food, the taste, the texture, the color. She actually went to um, a yoga studio to stock someone that was not stocked, such a wrong word, but like get in touch with someone that was using an HPP. So we save cold from start to finish. So we don't use heat to okay. pasteurize um, okay. and protect. And that really locks in nutrients, mm. taste and texture, which is what gives us that farm fresh taste. Mm. And so we have this modern take on the industry, right? I see. I see. But we were missing that lens for our branding. And that's really where Stevie and Andrew and the Uncommon team and came in was they had a phenomenal eye and a track record for this. And we needed our brand identity to match. And we also saw that our consumer was not oh. just babies. Like we were selling oh. a lot of products to between two and six years old. And for those with kids out there, kids start having like a real voice as early as two. Mm -hmm. And so if I you know want what to they do there, they take their voice, they throw their food across the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Like they'll be like, no, I don't want that. So you can yeah, have all the best clear. intentions, <laughs> right? But if your kid's not wanting it, you're going to stop paying the money for it. Mm -hmm. And so we needed branding that connected, not just with the parent, mm. but that actually had the child engaging and reaching for that product. And so that's kind of why we embarked on a brand refresh journey about a year and a half ago. Before you go into that, though, I just do, because I am such a dinosaur. Thank you very much, America. You are not a dinosaur. Um, I said that with love, Barbara. You know this. <laughs> I just want to understand this thing. So like a traditional baby food was like heated up. And when you heat it up, that like loses the nutrients. So the fact that it's not heated up is like a really big thing. Is that what you're saying? You know, there's lots of different ways that you can have nutrients to your product. We, it, using HPP and a cold pressure processing is, is can be expensive and it's harder to do. That's why you don't see a lot of it, but it was a commitment that we really wanted to make. And so, yes, studies have shown, and we have the research to back it up, that especially like vitamin C, it really retains that from the fruits and other nutrients from vegetables, as well as how you get close. Like you look at our product and you see the color and the vibrancy that's close to natural fruit um, and vegetables. And you're, you're getting this wonderful experience that we like to say has that you know child choosing the refrigerator rather than the pantry. But there are so many wonderful options out there. We just really take pride um, in our process and our product. You know, you it's know. kind of weird to think about though. Let me, I mean, just trying to think like, so we used to serve food to kids that was crummy and not good for you. I mean, it's like, wow, it's kind of amazing that it took this much time to get to the, the 
obvious idea that you should serve better food to your kids. It's kind of amazing to me. <laughs> if you have a second, you should go on their Instagram, by the way. They used to do these like side-by-side -side pictures of other baby foods versus once upon oh, a farm. And it's interesting. visually, you can just see it is literally as fresh as you can possibly get frankly. Um, and when you think about all the other baby foods out there are a lot of them that have very long shelf lives and, you know, use preservatives and all these other things. It's like, to your point, why hadn't someone done this in the past? Yeah, right? really? Because it's hard. Yeah. It's mm. hard. But mm -hmm. as parents too, like we also know, like we've got three women on this call and um, America's, I don't doubt you have a dynamic partner at home, but like, we now are so busy. It was the convenience, right? Like Cassandra took uh, all yeah. of this time and it takes so much time. And I did yeah. the chopping and that I don't know how I did that. And also had a job at the end of the day. So mm. part of what mm. once upon a farm really wanted to bring mm. was convenience without compromise. Uh, and so it is that on the go aspect with then all of these wonderful properties that allows parents to make the choice, like having a child every day is different. Mm -hmm. So if you want to make the meal, make the meal. If you like, there's no judgment. We just want to give you the tools to make it as easier and as of high quality as possible for you as a parent on the feeding journey. It okay. is interesting what you said at the top when we started introducing you that people get this about their dogs. Um, they really do. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's let's readjust that hierarchy caviar. just a little bit here. <laughs> this it's is interesting. That, so now, so now you want you got a message. It's clearly an important message, and it's a message once you hear it, people are going to resonate with. So now you want to talk about communicating that with your brand and that that's kind of where you were I just needed to be drawn along but now I'm there and so um tell me why you didn't do it in the past like what was wrong with your brand before and what when in the rebrand you um picked up and and figured out you know nothing was wrong we were actually having success which is rare like a lot of brands that will do this you know might not have been and Stevie can talk to kind of what she had seen before I came on um, but it was because we had noticed that opportunity of speaking to and connecting with a child that really has a voice and a strong opinion and helping the parent that made oh, us bring the really, child along. That yeah. Bring the child along, make it easier, be the parent's ally. Um, and also we, Interesting. that meant we were also leaving money on the table. So we were successful, but we were leaving connections and financial gain behind and and i think ahead, it's Steve. also how like how high is high right so i think yes there was a level of success but we saw that there was so much more potential in this brand and as katie mentioned this was a conversation we were having prior to her arrival and kudos to katie to really you know taking this on as an initiative and pushing it through but from our perspective we felt like you know we talked about how incredible this product was right but the packaging just wasn't communicating that mm. and there wasn't a brand story being told so first things first package right we felt like you know the product was, again was great packaging wasn't working hard enough right like how can we communicate fresh from the farm you know modern tastes great in a much more dynamic way when a consumer has only three seconds to make a decision right in retail it needs to have pop-off ability as I like to say Say, right um, again and then going back to some of the communications like this you know idea of fresh from the farm you know first of its kind how can we really kind of create that story and 
if you think about also the name Once Upon a Farm, right? They hadn't tapped into that kind of lifestyle element. There's this very like whimsical, playful opportunity just that kind of lived in the name that hadn't been tapped yet. So it's like, how can we create this kind of world of Once Upon a Farm to really establish an emotional connection between the brand and the consumer and really create a badge brand for not only mom, but to Katie's point, to start talking to those kids ages two and up who are starting to impact what mom buys. So it was, you know, creating that community around the brand, but starting first with packaging and those elements to make sure that it was really, really popping off shelf. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm here with America's Read. This is Marketing Matters. And we are joined by Stevie Clements, the chief brand architect from Kabu Venture Partners, mm -hmm. and Katie Marston, who's the CMO of, of, well, we're not calling it the organic baby food anymore, the children nutrition food company, um, which is called Once Upon a Farm. And, they, and Stevie was just going on with a very passionate philosophy about how much was kind of left behind because they didn't have... It, the packaging wasn't bad, but there was just so much more they could do with the packaging and more that they could do with the brand name and bringing the child along. So before you tell us some of the points of that, that as Stevie laid out, it's clear that that's the next step. I see that. So what I'm curious about is just to get behind the curtain and find out how you go about this. Did you start doing market research to figure this out? Was it intuitive? Like what was the process once you understood that was your goal? Katie, I guess it was up to you then to implement. So like what were the steps that you did to, to, to implement this dream? Yeah, you know, um, so I started this process, as Stevie said, two months into my new role and then a pandemic hit. So a lot of times- Oh, and then again, under a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it is, I would say, taking the time, right? And, and establishing your why, getting everyone on the same page. We had a lot of key stakeholders as well that I hadn't had time to build that trust yet that helps in this journey. And so taking the time to individually talk, whether it was our founders, you know, as you talked, John Garner, Cassandra Curtis, um, the icon, John Foraker, who all had strong opinions about what needed to stay and go, um, but not necessarily was everyone all aligned, but we were aligned on the goal and what we wanted to achieve. And then bringing in consumer research along the way to ground everybody, because that's something that no one can argue with. And so as long as our point of difference was being highlighted, we were grounded in research, time was being taken to bring everyone along the journey, we had a really wonderful end result and something that everybody embraced, not just the stakeholders, but company-wide. And I think that there's also, and I think that's super well put, Katie, but I do think there's an element of, of gut that goes along with this, right? Like the, the research is crucial and the data to back it up is, is equally as important. But I think also, you know, just having the confidence to kind of guide, you know, a set of stakeholders and founders along the process. And, you know, a lot of times a rebrand is very emotional, right? Like that people have put lots of time and lots of blood, sweat and tears into this brand and a package that they may think is great, but, you know, maybe there's other opinions that it could potentially, you know, really be, uh, you know, reach that potential. Um, so I think that, you know, it's an emotional process. There's nurturing that goes along with it, but but making sure that you're confident in what you're doing and understanding the marketplace and the competitors, I think goes into that as well. Um, and just, you know, kind of pushing the visual storytelling and that, that 
a little bit of that gut that goes along with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understood. You know, so Katie, that, that's sorry. A, oh, go ahead, Marcus. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, uh, Katie, this is super, I mean, in, unbelievably intriguing. One of the things that, I, that I'm super interested in is the idea of, you know, once you, to Stevie's point, once you get the why and your point is well, Katie, once you get the why, the brand story resonating and right, then, you know, you have to sort of make sure that where you show up is going to be consistent with this story that you would like to facilitate and or reinforce. So could you quickly comment on kind of like the channel distribution strategy to make sure that everything is in alignment, everything is, you know, has the right synchronicity so that all of this, you know, hard work to create this brand doesn't actually get undermined. Completely. Like, you know, I think, and and Stevie hit on it, it's the balance of like creating an identity that lives in a digital space as well as balanced with product packaging. And so we are in 10,000 retail locations nationwide and in Canada. And at the same time, because of the pandemic, we were on virtual store shelves everywhere as well as, long, as, well as our own DTC brand and play, website that was surging. So thinking about how all of this lived together and complemented in a true omni-channel way and targeting parents, not just baby parents as we were before, but you know the older kid snacking parents that we know were loving our product. So uh, along the lines of a <clears throat> marketing 101 question like America's just did, the other C, so he talked about the collaborations and the channels. The other C that I'm curious about, and, and you mentioned it in passing, is com- competition. So I don't know how competitive this field, this area is, but I'm s- suspecting it's very competitive. And I'm wondering how, like, if you have a really good idea, what I know is it's instantly copied. So how do you keep your distinct, distinctive advantage and make sure that all the knowledge you have gets attributed to your brand and your product. Hmm. I, I mean, go ahead. I, I was going to say that's a toughie um, because there are a lot of copycats out there, but I think that's why it's so important to constantly, you know, focus on upper funnel marketing and build a brand, right? Because once a consumer has an emotional connection to your brand and, and product and community, that's not going anywhere. So, you know, we always say that we believe in building brands, not just selling products. And I think that's how you really, truly retain your brand equity. Obviously going into the rebrand process, you want to do a competitive audit and look at what else is on shelf and really try to capture any white space and, you know, make sure that it's a unique kind of, you know, visual identity and brand identity. Um, But I think that again, just the importance of connecting to your consumer gives you that leg up that you need to kind of have a long-term sustained life. Interesting. I want to also build on that point and ask a a different question that is related, I think, Stevie, to what you just said, and also maybe give us some insight into the forward-looking strategy here, Katie, because what, what I heard, which I thought was really interesting, was this idea of the parent identity and the fact that as a parent, you know, that that world is changing for sure. Uh, with respect to workplace patterns and things like that, and in all of those, you know, traditional roles, which may be changing, you know, just as quickly. Uh, but it made me think this really cool idea that you were touching on about the notion of the, the giving the child the voice, and the child is there as part, almost like a dyadic segment. It's like the parent, the parents, and parent or child together, and thinking about, you know, trying to attract them into the once upon a farm ecosystem. I'm wondering this long, long winded sort of setup to simply say, because my own daughter is, I mean, I literally, her, her, her first three words might've been mama, dada, and iPad. 
Uh, I'm wondering, I'm wondering to what extent the fact that the younger kids that you're targeting or that will be a part of the ecosystem because they're so digitally savvy, has that affected like how you present the brand, how you think about activating the brand for that parent child, you know, kind of segment. Can you comment on that a little bit? Absolutely. I, I mean, I'll, I'll take it real quick and then Katie, I'll hand it to you. I mean, look, Prior to the pandemic, and, and most importantly, post-pandemic, it is a very, very different world. It's digital first. If you do not have a 360 omni-channel strategy, both in route to market and in terms of your kind of media mix and marketing funnel, you're absolutely going to get left behind. So when we were kind of doing the rebrand, number one, the types of content that we were creating, we knew that it had to extend to so many different touch points. Um, and that was something that was thought about from day one, right? Like this was kind of a new world. They were, you know, launching a new e-com site, like so many of those things from website to, you know, things like OTT, snackable social content, et cetera, like so, so, so important. And the other thing, and I'll let Katie kind of take this one, but bringing characters into the mix and creating this almost destination farm that people can engage with was also something that was super, super crucial. And that mm. was the piece that really, mm -hmm. you know, we wanted to speak to the kids and and tap into their you know kind of emotions but i'll let katie talk a little bit more about like the character development and and the farm and how we really built that into something that we think is pretty cool before you do let me just reiterate because i i've had some guest speakers come into my i teach a visual marketing class and so we talk about these issues all the time and i've heard a lot of people talk about once social becomes really important the idea of characters take on new life uh, and it, it's really important to build your characters and build your characters right. So I just want to reemphasize, I hear you, because yeah. it's not just you saying that. I'm hearing it from a lot of other CPG firms. Totally. Yeah. And, and it's not just, and I have a great story about like our character creation, but it's also the ingredients, right? Like we have parents that are saying because of the beauty of the ingredients, that's how their kid learned what kale was, right? And actually loved and thought like, oh, I want to try the money. This has kale in it. And like, that's a true joy. But we use our founder, Jen Garner, you know, she is farmer Jen on our non-traditional farm. Her, it's inspired by her family farm, which is a supplier of ours in Locust Grove, Oklahoma. And we've really gotten like, we didn't want, as we said, we wanted a farm for today. And so we have non-traditional farm characters that kids just, they don't ask why that's not on the farm. Like they just love that it's unique and different and that they identify with them. And then we have, you know, kids of all various ages that are actually all related in some way, shape or form to many of us that work at the company that we felt really represented, you know, who we were and hearing our audience, you know, say like, this is what my kid loves. And this is why they choose this and this packaging, or this is why they've loved this commercial or, mm -hmm. you know, social post yours. We just opened it up to our audience to say, you know, a few weeks ago, like, Hey, we want to continue the representation. Like we want your kid to be inspired and, and feel loved by the farm, send us pictures, you know, and we're going to get some new O farmers on here. And so we actually a community that because of our type of product that we've been welcomed and a helpful part of, which is the feeding tube community. One of the new five O farmers that are going to come on is a boy named Aiden who has a feeding tube and that's actually showcased within his illustration. So he uh, and that community will have representation on our farm. And we're gonna constantly just 
Hmm. evolve and grow and connect. And it's about that as much as it is, right? What's in our product that matters. That's cool. And by the way, it just the way that this has kind of extended just into so many different touch points, that was the, the kind of idea behind this from day mm -hmm. one, right? There mm -hmm. is so much opportunity in the storytelling and right. how to extend these different assets. I mean, we had all these crazy ideas from, you know, limited edition, you know, books told by well, X. Cool. Sure. Yep. That were scarce. Love that. Oh. Yeah. And people are asking us when we're going to do our own cartoon. That. Yeah, right. Yes. Like that is brands are content creators now. Right? Yes. And like, exactly. we don't know what the future holds. So we have to create brand identities yes. that yes. will give us the space to play and connect in whatever way, shape or form America's, whether it's the kid, that, yes. you know, we want to connect with or the parent. I love that idea to build on what you're saying though, Stevie, just really quickly, because what, what Stevie was telling saying is like, we're building a lifestyle brand here. When you build a lifestyle brand, with a beautiful, rich, extensive narrative and a story, you have permission to do all kinds of things. I think that's kind of the big yep. point here. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. cool. And the, I like the idea also that brands are content providers. Me now. too, that's love that point. Content is coming. That is so great. Stevie and Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. So now that you've gotten us all interested in this, where can our listeners go to find out what you're doing? Boston, Instagram, TikTok, visit okay, us on our website, <laughs> onceuponafarmorganics.com or mm -hmm. wherever you are buying your groceries today. Very cool. Of course, they should do the modern ones, not the old ones I meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. You can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing or Business Radio at SXM Business. This is Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with America's Weed here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.